Welcome to Unstoppable Faith with Dr. Kazumba Charles. This program is designed to inspire you to stand on the Word of God and to help you build unshakable and unstoppable faith in Jesus Christ. Here's your host, Dr. Kazumba. In the prophetic secrets, you describe uh, how the Holy Spirit trained you, you, trained you Himself as a new Christian in the gift of prophecy, especially in the supernatural ability to see in the supernatural realm. Can you describe that process for us? Sure, I'd love to. Well, we didn't have the teachers and the books that we have now. You know, now we can, you know, go to a nice book and, and learn from others, you know, who have gone before us. But back then we didn't have those resources. And so I needed help. I was, you know, definitely connected to the spiritual realm. I actually was always connected to the spiritual realm, even as a non-believer. Of course, it wasn't very positive. But uh, I gave my life to Jesus as a freshman in college. And I got baptized in the Holy Spirit. And then I got married, um, you know, a while later, I was in ministry, and the Holy Spirit just took it upon himself to show me, train my eyes to see what he wants me to see. And so what would happen is I would just be going about my day, and I would run into somebody, hypothetically, I would run into somebody I know, and the Holy Spirit would have this question, and I'd hear him in my heart, and he would say, what do you see? And it wasn't what I saw naturally. It was what I saw supernaturally. And I, I could see things supernaturally. For example, let's say I ran into somebody named Bob at, at the grocery store and had a conversation with Bob because I knew him. But then I saw this dark cloud around his head. The Holy Spirit would say, what do you see? And I would say, I see this dark cloud around his head. You know, just my internal dialogue with the Spirit of God. And then later, as you know, we had that back and forth questioning uh, for, for a while, then he would add another question and he would say, well, what do you know? And he didn't mean naturally speaking, he meant supernaturally. And I would, I would just talk back to the Holy Spirit. I would say, well, if that dark cloud is around his head because uh, it feels like he lost his job or something. And I would find myself praying very compassionately for these, you know, over these dialogues that I was having with the Holy Spirit, not even sure if it was real or not. Over a period of time, I began to discover that what I was knowing, what I was seeing was actually accurate. Uh, it was getting me in trouble a little bit because I didn't know it was a prophetic gift. And um, we, all, we all realized after a period of time that it was a prophetic gift and I was hearing from God. And, um, but, but really, my first, my first dialogue was really like that with him. And I discovered later that's how he talked to Jeremiah. That's how he talked to Amos in the Bible. So it was very biblical. I guess he trains his prophets that way. What do you see? What do you know? And that's, that's where things really started taking off. You instruct on, a, on, a, on how the gift of prophecy and prophets have their origins in the Old Testament. But a shift occurred with the outpouring of the Holy Spirit in the book of Acts. Can you explain to us that? Sure. Well, we see the, the origin of the prophets. 
Um, you know, began with the seer prophets, uh, most notably the prophet Samuel. Uh, you know, they would say, let's go to the seer when they needed a word from God. And, uh, you know, eventually there's a, a slight shift in the Old Testament of how people were hearing God. There was the seer prophets and then there was there were the Navi prophets and just subtle difference in how they how they primarily heard the word of the Lord. But really, they had more of a governmental role. Um, uh, they really uh, were the overseers of the, the people of Israel. And there was uh, you, you saw some hints all through the Old Testament that there was coming a day that God was going to not just speak through the prophets to the people. He was actually going to speak to his people, um, you know, all together um, individually. And, and there were some hints about that, um, most notably in the book of Joel. And in Joel chapter 2, we see where he prophesied that the Spirit of God was going to come upon all flesh and that uh, the sons and daughters are going to prophesy. And so, you know, there was a, the prophets were saying there's going to be a shift here in how people hear God's voice. And so we see the fulfillment of that in Acts chapter 2. The Holy Spirit falls upon um, the disciples in the upper room. They begin to pray, you know, begin to speak in other tongues, other languages. And then Peter stands up in front of the gathering crowd and says, this was that that Joel prophesied, and your sons and your daughters would prophesy, um, uh, your young men would have visions, your old men would have dreams. So basically, the voice of the Lord uh, uh, came now, has come to the individual. He's going to speak to um, his, his you know, men and women, his sons and daughters. He's going to speak to you himself rather than going through a prophet. doesn't mean that you're not ever going to hear the voice of God through a prophet or through another, but isn't it nice that you can hear God for yourself? And that's really what, what they're pointing to. Now, just because you hear God's voice doesn't mean you are a prophet. That's different. But that doesn't mean you can't hear God's voice for yourself or even say something that God is saying. And so, you know, really just begin to spread uh, his word out um, and, and make his word uh, very normal to those who know him. I think that's so powerful. Here is another question to you, woman of God. Many prophetically inclined people need to close doors to things that will distort the prophetic word. How are we able to do exactly that? Well, what's interesting, if you understand the nature of the occult, the nature of the occult is that it has to do with um, covenants and bindings and unions and those kind of things, much like God's covenant with his people, with Israel. You know, God says, I'm married to Israel, you know, just, just those kind of things. And so the occult uh, is a counterfeit and it mimics that strength of covenant and it basically latches onto you and your entire family, much like God has promised, you know, that he will bless you and your family. So it, it's really, it's a counterfeit, it's a mimic. So what happens is when you dabble in the occult in any way, anyway, okay, any sort of idolatry, um, it claims you and your children, your children's children. So with that, you have to actually repent and you have to renounce, which means to divorce. You have to repent and renounce of any and all occult activity, especially things that have to do with divination, fortune telling, um, opening up portals and third eyes so that you can see into the spiritual realm, but not 
not because God authored it, but because it was demonically authored. And so we have to shut that down because it, it stays open and active until you, you actually do that. And I really, almost everybody has some kind of occultic background or has it in the family. So almost, you know, just as a matter of routine, we have to actually say in Jesus name, I repent of any and all activity that I've committed against the Lord that my, my ancestors have committed against the Lord, and I shut every door to um, uh, the demonic, um, uh, third eye, uh, occult, uh, Freemasonry, uh, anything that, that you know of that could possibly be connected to you. So that way, Satan does not come in that door and begin to pollute the pure word of God. Um, that That's what what should come to you, but it can get polluted if we have other doors open. So it's a real simple way to apply the blood of Jesus to those areas. Repent and renounce of it, you and for your ancestors. I like that. I like that. Closing those doors, not giving uh, the enemy any access into your life. It's mm -hmm. one of the most uh, powerful and important thing for us to do. So thank you so very much for touching on that. We're going to go to this other question here. In your book, you share that uh, most prophetic words need prophetic wisdom in order to come to pass. What exactly is uh, prophetic wisdom and what does it look like? Well, that's one of my big topics, especially in this season, is um, having wisdom with your prophetic words, you know, and that, that can look a lot of different ways. Let's just kind of bring it to um, directional words that you have from God personally, you know, or somebody gave you a prophetic word, it's directional, or God spoke to you himself, and you know that this is the word of the Lord, this, this is it. Well, if you don't have some action steps from the Lord, that prophetic word isn't going to happen because it's really an invitation into partnership. Okay, for example, the Lord speaks to you that you're going to be a fantastic business leader. You know, you're going to be a leader of leaders in the business realm. Well, if you never do anything, you never open up a business, you never get a business degree, okay, you're just not going to get there. Now, granted, you need to get get your action steps from the Holy Spirit, and that's the, the wisdom piece. That's prophetic wisdom, okay? And, and it, um, you know, it can be very supernatural at times. For example, Abraham and, and Sarah were told they're going to have a promised child, and it was going to come from their, their union, their bodies, all right? Well, what happened? Uh, Sarah got impatient, and so she brought in a surrogate. And the surrogate had the child, but that wasn't that wasn't wisdom. That wasn't God's wisdom. That wasn't His instruction. And um, the prophetic words, you know, it, it didn't go away, but it, but it wasn't going to happen through human wisdom. Human wisdom always has consequences, even though it was God's word. Okay, so we have to get God's not only His word, but we have to get His wisdom on how to bring a God word to pass. And if you need wisdom, it's so simple. How do we get wisdom? You see this all throughout the scripture. You just ask for it. God will give you wisdom generously, but we've got to ask, okay? And so we want to ask. When we, we get a directional word from God, we don't just put it on the shelf thinking that it's just going to happen somehow, some way. Uh, that's very rare for that to, to go down like that. Usually there are steps, there are stages, and you have to get that instruction from the Holy Spirit, but he'll give it to you if you're seeking. Why do we sometimes uh, receive uh, clear prophetic words from the Lord that do not come to pass? And how can we actively partner with the Holy Spirit for our words to come to pass? 
Absolutely. Well, you know, there's a lot of different nuances. You know, I think we've all had that experience where God spoke and it just didn't happen. And like, we don't know. Okay. And it's a mystery. And those are the things that are challenging to our faith. Well, I'm going to believe God anyway. This is not going to take me out of my race. I'm not going to stop running. I'm just going to, I don't understand, but I, I'm still going to keep my eyes fixed on Jesus. And let's uh, pray that someday I understand. Okay. That always happens. Um, uh, but then there are the times where, you know, we have these prophetic words um, and they don't come to pass because we, we failed to partner with God. Um, we, we didn't get wisdom in the steps. Um, the warfare, we didn't understand it and we didn't know how to, to really navigate that level of warfare. There's regular spiritual warfare and then there's high level spiritual warfare. Those are two different ball games. And I have found, um, you know, in, in some, you know, I, I think collectively, you know, different, different areas, different countries, it's, it's, it's getting better. We're understanding better. But I think there are some sometimes where we just don't understand what we're up against. Okay, I know for myself when when God speaks, um, you know, I know that I keep bringing it to the Lord, and I will say, "But you said now," and I keep looking to Him. I said, "Okay, what's your instruction?" And I have found that um, uh, there's something true in the the way we were taught to pray in Matthew chapter six. Uh, Jesus taught His disciples to pray, "Give us this day." our daily bread. We understand that, generally speaking, to be about provision, but it also has to do with give us this day, my daily word that leads me to provision. So so the Lord is, is has us on a trajectory, has us on a direction, but daily I need his word that leads me there. Not once a week, not once a month, you know, or you know, I just show up once a month. Okay, really it's a daily thing um, you know and 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 that's the way we, we begin to head toward um, the fulfillment of that promise okay because there's always like the word of the Lord you know and it's always this amazing thing that God speaks and a lot of us you know who got really anointed in the onset of our our you know new birth uh, in Christ you know the Lord anointed us gives all these fantastic words and then there was this huge gap between when we were spoken to and then, you know, the fruition of it. Um, uh, and then there was a lot of warfare all on top of it. And so we've got to be able to navigate those seasons to actually get to that place where we see the unfolding of his word and, and going to him day by day, getting that daily word, um, you know, that leads us on the, on the way we should go. It is so, so wonderful just, uh, you know, um, uh, as a prophetic person, you have the gift to teach the prophetic. And I believe that is one of the things that has been uh, missing in the prophetic movement was that uh, teachers who understood, who apply wisdom as they taught the prophetic or as they moved in the prophetic. So this is really good and I'm so thankful. Uh, for you now let's go to this question i couldn't wait to ask you this question i'm excited to ask you this question i, I believe uh, uh uh this is a very very important question to ask you and uh, i look forward to the answer that you're gonna give which modern heresy has impacted the prophetic movement the most and why and what do prophetic people need to watch out for and what are some of the ex uh, sorry uh, excesses in our prophetic ministries oh wow right now at this current moment i'm not really sure where to start or where to finish because i have a lot to say about this you know uh, especially i want you to take some time on this okay. one 
Okay, especially coming out of our election season in the U.S., you know, we all saw saw what happened, and you know, um, we're going to have to learn from that and collectively, and we're, we are going to have. We'll, we'll talk about this for years to come, I'm sure. So, uh, but really, um, when I wrote the book, my biggest concern um, was not so much a, a heresy about the prophetic, but it was a heresy that attached itself to the prophetic, if that makes any sense. And it was really um, the heresy that that I saw uh, attach itself to the prophetic, um, uh, the strongest, would be what we call hyper-grace theology. Now, of course, God is full of grace. Oh, where would we be without his grace? You know, um, I, I know for myself, you know, those seasons where I could not get it together, I was failing God, failing people, and I could not help myself, okay? But I, you know, I like, I was like, Lord, I don't know how to fix this. Please, you know, creating me a clean heart. I, you know, and I'm sure we've all had those seasons. Okay. That's when grace came in and held me tight to the Lord because I wanted to do right. I wanted to live righteously. I wanted, I wanted God, uh, you know, and, and to really run my race well. And I was just failing. Okay. And so grace held me tightly, but grace is not a loophole. It's not a loophole to do whatever you want whenever you want um, to to um, make the word subjective to your fleshly desires. And really, um, hyper grace is really about taking advantage of the grace of God for your own fleshly uh, lust, desires, um, greed, all of that. Okay. And so um, it, it became very strong. I noticed in uh, circles of the prophetic that I was connected to, I started noticing this thing um, where, where there was an erosion of theology, an erosion of good doctrine. I started noticing there was an erosion of morality, um, you know, and I was like, and they kept saying, well, you know, God's a God of grace. And they started really living for their own flesh. Um, and yet they had at one point in one time, many people had been anointed prophetically. It just amazes me that the Holy Spirit will anoint you and he will not take it back, even if you're not living right. That always floored me. Um, but but that's the truth. Unfortunately, you don't have credibility if you don't walk holy. And so, um, you know, so it, it really um, it, it became a counter to um, people desiring, uh, you know, the, the prophetic, the prophetic movement, because you saw these, these moral failures, these fleshly failures um, all over the place, and they were calling it grace. It's hyper grace. It's not, it's, it's not the truth. It's a counterfeit. God's grace is not a loophole. <laughs> so, you know, it's, 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 it's kind of a stop gap, you know, it, it, it fills the gap in while you're working things out. Okay. And so, so that's the purpose of God's grace. And, and so we can't take advantage of it. And that's something that, I mean, there's always been a group of believers, even in the New Testament, early New Testament writings, you see that they were looking for loopholes, loopholes to do whatever. Okay. Even in the Old Testament, you saw them using the loopholes. Okay. The legal loopholes to sin. All right. We can't use loopholes. Jesus paid a high price um, uh, for us to live righteously and the power of the Holy Spirit has come inside of us uh, to set things right okay so if that's you and you're kind of in that place where you're like like I I do what I hate and I hate doing what I hate and I just can't help doing what I hate right now okay I want you to know God's grace is here for you hold on to God he's gonna work that out 
in your life. But if you're taking advantage of it, using the loophole method to do whatever you want, um, you know, Galatians is really clear about that, that, um, you know, if we practice such things, we will not inherit the kingdom of God. That's the Bible. He's that's speaking to believers. OK, so so we, we need to have that that line under. We need to understand that line in our heart. And and then that way, you know, when you prophesy, you have the character that backs it and people will actually believe that God is really speaking to you. And they'll actually it'll actually be uh, a ministry that people will hold near and dear and will really bring glory, glory to the Lord. And that's what we want to do. That is a very powerful way of explaining what the grace of God is. And I love the way you explain it, because uh, most of the times we mistaken the grace of God for us to continue living ungodly lives. That's not what the grace of God is. As you say, it is that gap that fills in the loopholes when we still God is still working things through our lives, but we don't have to take advantage of that grace to mm -hmm. continue living ungodly lives. This is so powerful. For the first time, I have a prophetic person teaching soundly and powerfully. Oh my goodness. God bless you, woman of God. Let me just say that. God bless you so much. Thank you for having me on your show. This is great. Now, here, here we go. In your book, you talk about how prophets are called, how they are processed, the different kinds of prophets they are and what they do. Can you share on that with us? Of course. Okay, so in the New Testament, Jesus is still calling prophets. He's calling apostles, prophets, pastors, teachers, and evangelists, okay? That's very different than receiving the gift of prophecy from the Holy Spirit. So we're looking uh, in between Ephesians 4, Jesus is calling a five-fold ministry team uh, to govern his church on the earth, equip the saints uh, for the work of ministry, versus the Holy Spirit giving you um, a gift, a supernatural gift, 1 Corinthians 12, and you know, there's other gifts listed there, uh, but I'm just referring to the gift of prophecy right now. Okay, so, so just because you prophesy doesn't mean you're a prophet. If Jesus calls you a prophet, he'll make it very, very clear that you are called to that role. It's a governing role, a governmental role. It's a leadership role. You'll be anointed for it. And it's like all the spirit, all the spiritual realm will know. Okay. You know, just, just a marked difference will be on your life. Okay. And, and so, um, and then eventually uh, the church will confirm what Jesus has called you into. Okay. So once you're called, well, guess what happens? Um, uh, you know, Jesus anoints you, he calls you, he makes it clear. It's, it's really not a mystery. Um, but then you get what I call process. You get put into like a boot camp from the Holy Spirit because, um, you know, you are given, uh, you're, you're given a jurisdiction. You're actually a prophet to something. It could be a geographical region. It could be a church. Um, it could be a, a to prophet to a king or a set of kings. Um, you know, we see Nathan in the Bible was, was a prophet to David. Um, you know, and there's some kind of jurisdiction. So for, for me, um, I was called as a prophet to the nations, uh, you know, instantly. That was, you know, and it was confirmed instantly. And I had a big vision and all of that. So, so what happens is it puts you into this boot camp because you have to have the muscle 
to actually lead on that level and prophets deal with the spiritual realm. So you've got to be able to handle some, some pretty serious warfare because what are you doing? You're dismantling things in the spiritual realm over nations. Oh my. Okay. And you've got to have some grit. So the Holy spirit, you know, uh, and Jesus, they, they, they make sure that you're ready. So you start entering into this warfare that's just nuts. I mean, it's just like, like who goes through this stuff? Okay, well, I do. And some of you, some of you understand what I'm talking about because this is where you're at right now. You're like, why is this happening to me? And yet I'm going to have to learn how to stand and having done all to stand there for and learn my authority in the name of Jesus and have the muscle to carry it out and finish my race, okay? I am going to finish. I started as a prophet to the nations. I'm going to finish as a prophet to the nations, and I'm not going to stop halfway, all right? So this is kind of kind of the thing that he's, he's working these muscles and the rootedness into you, and he's also fashioning your message, okay? So for me, I teach a lot about intercession. I teach about the spiritual realm. I teach about the supernatural. That's my message that I bring and equip the saints with, and I begin to empower uh, um, you know, the saints in particular nations as the Lord leads me, and I begin to work that atmosphere and that realm, that the spiritual realm over nations, I begin to learn it, work it, and, and bring the kingdom of God into that, uh, into that area so that the gospel can be preached, okay? And so, so you, you know, this is, you know, really the nature. So let, let's say you are a prophet called to the governmental realm. Okay, well, all of a sudden you're going to find yourself interacting with, you know, people in government and they're just going to be attracted to you and you're going to have to learn to carry the word of the Lord and not get biased politically, um, not carry political biases because that's the failure. That will be your failure, um, you know, because you have to hear God, not the, the political rhetoric. Um, and actually speak into things and speak into the lives of people. And the Lord will, Lord will take you there, but, but he will work a muscle into you on your way into, into that realm and into that arena. And, you know, if you really look in the Bible, you'll notice that there's a lot of prophets that are not named. You'll see a lot of prophets that are named. I've always wondered about that, and I wondered if it's because not every prophet really finishes well. Um, the ones, most of the time, you know, we'll see people that are named um, because they, they, for the most part, they finished well. And so um, you, you want to have that in your mind to finish well, okay? And so um, we, can, we can call out your name, okay? Amen. And, about your name and your reputation as a legend in the earth, okay? So I want to encourage you if that's you, okay? Um, so don't quit. Be a finisher and trust the Lord to get you through any and all of that processing and that warfare. It just seems ridiculous. It, it really does. But you know what? There is, there is, the Lord is working a muscle into you. So, because you've got to, you got to move things into place in nations that that's the only way it's going to be done. You talk about uh, the prophetic words uh, uh, can come in uh, very unusual ways. Uh, for example, through angelic visitations, dreams. Mm -hmm. How do you process hard to understand spiritual activity and then make it easier for the for those who hear you or for the hearers to understand well i'm just really blessed to have uh, my husband who's such a teacher 
um, and he's an apostolic leader. And so one of the challenges I had in the onset is I was, you know, seeing a lot of things in the spiritual realm, a lot of unusual things, things that were very, in, un, you know, hard to explain, intangible. And I wanted to actually communicate from that space and not, and not make things clear. And it, to me, it was clear. Uh, to people who were like me, it was also clear. We didn't have to give each other a lot of explanation because we understood. It was like a language that we all un understood amongst ourselves. However, people who are more linear and more rational and need a little extra explanation, okay, I wasn't, I wasn't getting through to them, and my husband was one of them. So he was really my litmus test uh, that if I can get my husband to understand what I just said, and, you know, and he always wants scripture and chapter and verse, in three points you know he's just that way if I can get him to understand then I've got it okay so in a way the Lord really put me together with just the right person that forced me to language things in an understandable way and yet we even see that instruction in scripture Habakkuk chapter 2 says you know hey I'm gonna look to see what the Lord will say to me you know so he's looking in the visions he's you know he's looking for you know some sort of spiritual vision to happen okay however it happens and then he says I'm gonna write it down okay and and make it plain you know so the people can run with it well if your vision your you know however you receive the Word of God if an angel showed up you saw a bunch of colors saw a bunch of numbers um, you know saw cloud formations really seers they see the Word of the Lord like that um, and yet it's not plain it's you know people can't run with it okay so so I will have very unusual experiences but the way I communicate it I, I rarely anymore I rarely you know to the general pop population population I rarely cite those things I'll just give you the message <laughs> I'll say this is what God is saying and I'll just make it plain I usually you know tack it with scriptures um, bring a little teaching with it because I know that most people need it packaged that way yes. um, and so so that's what I do but yet you know I've definitely had angelic interactions I mean just really unusual crazy stuff I wouldn't even know where to start here um, Definitely there's the word of the Lord in there or it was some kind of strange warfare and um, Really learning how you know to be a leader in what I communicate and mature people and not keep them kind of in this spin of superstition and, and looking looking for almost seems like Christian omens sometimes and you know I really work to try to keep people out of that and really keeping their eyes fixed on Jesus now woman of God I just want you to take some time here Take some time and uh, as the Holy Spirit leads, uh, 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 pray with, with, with our viewers and uh, speak the Word of God into their lives. Absolutely. Well, um, first of all, I want to bring to you that scripture that, you know, the, what, what the Lord does with the faithful. And um, what He does with the faithful is that He gives you an increase, okay? And so many of you through this past season, you have been faithful, okay? Faithful with what you have and you've been faithful to the Lord, even though it's been a very difficult season, you know, in the nations. And so I just want to, I want to awaken you to that. I want to remind you what is up ahead, that you can look for it, you can count on it, you can count on greater anointing, greater deliverance, greater increase, uh, greater ministry. Um, you know, uh, the Lord's going to uh, put distinction on you because He does not forget 
the faithful. And I also want to call forth the next generation of apostles, prophets, pastors, teachers, and evangelists. I want to call forth the next generation, uh, the coming generation. And I want to prophesy to the churches. I want to prophesy to the cities that we will have strong churches, strong, vibrant, Holy Spirit churches in every city established and thriving and growing. There will not be an absence of the voice of the church in communities. There is an establishing going on and it will happen in Jesus name. Amen. Thank you for coming on this program today. Thank you for having me. I'm really honored. I appreciate it. And to our viewers, may the Lord bless you. May the Lord watch over you. Faith is the currency of the kingdom of God. Thank you for tuning in to Unstoppable Faith with Dr. Kazumba Charles. If this program has been a blessing to you, write to us at life at and share your testimony.